Oh, come on, Kyle. Oh, man, you know what? The Easter Bunny might be done hopping for the weekend, but Kyle, I'm, I'm pissed off, man. I'm hopping mad. And I'll tell you why next. It's Begsy and that's Bowen, and you're listening to Locked On Canucks. You're Locked On Canucks, your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Holy man, I got to set aside this anxious energy for one second and say thanks for hitting the play button on today's episode of Locked on Canucks. My name is Trevor Beggs, Canucks writer and part-time credentialed media member for Daily High Vancouver. And before we dive into the show, we want to thank you for listening to Locked on Canucks, your team every day. Subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. On today's show, we're going to talk about the Canucks scary draft lottery odds. We're also obviously going to touch on Bull Horvat, Brock Besser, Rick Tockett, Comment Corner. But before all of that, I want to introduce my co-host. He might love Easter even more than I do. Kyle, how you doing, buddy? Yeah, Easter's cool. Easter's cool. Never the biggest thing in the household. That being said, my parents did a good job always making sure that the people, the kids, the people that matter, right? It's all about the children, right? I kind of disagree on that sometimes, but more on that on the other network. They did a good job always supplying us with chocolate, so salute to them. If if you and I can be half the level of parents or parent that our parents were, right? Real talk. That'd be that'd be a dream come true, real talk. Because it's all about that. <laughs> oh, already swore. Already swore. Off to a good start. <laughs> uh, Begsy, you, you know the deal. The show's not about you and I. It's about the people locked on Canucks every day, your team, whatever the lingo is. We'll get to the comments at the end of the show because we do save the best for last. How was your weekend? Yeah, you know what? I, I was feeling a little down. I'm not going to lie. And that's maybe why I said that you love Easter more than I do. But, you know, I, I got study stresses going on. I'm a little under the weather. And then I look at the standings today and I see that the Canucks, you know, they could basically fall to the Bedard sweepstakes this week. And there's a pretty good chance of it. So uh, let's let's dive into it to, to start the show. Um, again, the Canucks right now are the ninth worst team in the NHL. They have 79 points over the weekend. The Washington Capitals fell below them in the standings. They're now the eighth worst team. And I'm looking at this, and we know that the bottom 11 teams have a chance at Connor Bedard. But uh, let, let me kind of lay the groundwork here. So the Canucks, again, 79 points in 79 games. Ahead of them are the Detroit Red Wings with 80 points in 79 games. And after that, as the 11th worst team, the St. Louis Blues with 81 points in 80 games, uh, two points ahead of the Canucks with one extra game played. But Kyle, let me lay it on you. This is why I'm I'm nervous, and I try. I just I stop myself from swearing there because I don't. I want to make your editing life easier. I'm nervous about the Canucks falling out of these uh, Bedard sweepstakes, man. Um, so Detroit, let me tell you their schedule. So they got three games left, just like the Canucks. They play the Dallas Stars, who you know are still fighting for positioning at the top of the Central Division. Then they play the Hurricanes, and then they play the Lightning. Okay, the St. Louis Blues, who are ahead of the Canucks as well right now. Uh, only play two more games, and they only play one more team, and it's the Dallas Stars both times. So this week, I'm a huge Dallas Stars fan. Go Stars, go! Tom yeah. Gillardi, best owner in the NHL. Um, and and then Kyle, let me let me make it really scary for you, okay? The Canucks again. If they win all three of their next, uh, th- all three of their games remaining, and again they play the Los Angeles Kings tonight, the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, oh, sorry, the Anaheim Ducks, not the Blackhawks. Same, pretty much the same thing, and the Arizona Coyotes. If they win all of those games, they'll finish the season with 85 points, which could potentially have them out of the uh, Bedard sweepstakes altogether. 
Uh, the Ottawa Senators right now would be the next team that they could pass. Ottawa has 83 points, and their next their final two games are against the Carolina Hurricanes and the Buffalo Sabres, who are fighting for it right now. So, I don't know, man. I just kind of unleashed a lot of nervous energy on you. But, uh, you know, how, how, how are you feeling? How are you doing, buddy? <laughs> I'm feeling as if as if I got to continue this this prayer that I've been using every day, and that's hoping that next season really, really, really matters. It's one thing to say it. It's another to believe it, and I've been I've been spreading that gossip, okay? I think the Canucks are going to have a, a great season next year because they have to have a great season. I'm just trying to put that good energy out there, and a big reason why I'm doing that is because I don't feel as if the Savior is coming. I feel as if we've played too well. We've focused on the fundamentals for far too long, and we're going to fall out of these sweepstakes and let's be real let's be honest we've kind of already done so i mean that percentage point has just dropped so much throughout the last couple of weeks because again fundamentals matter and you can just see the way that talk is talking about these games and them mattering because of the conversion they'll have on next season i think that organization and talk itself really want this team to finish you know three and oh here you know just just wipe them out get all the dubs they shouldn't be losing to bottom dwellers. These games actually really, really, really matter. It's funny how I'm saying that when they're, they are still benching Kuzmenko in games that, again, matter, right? Because the results do matter. They're just, they're just so all over the place with the way they're going to try doing this. And it's sad because, again, I think if we want next season to really, really matter, it'd be a lot easier if Bedard came in. There'd be like a devel- developmental angle to that, but also oh, crap, like this offense just got a lot deeper. Next season's going to matter. And now we just got to throw all of our eggs in the hope basket. That's all we have, hope, man. And I'm trying to put that out there. That's how I feel. I guess you can kind of hear it. I'm just, I'm not interested in the whole Bedard thing anymore because I just feel as if it's impossible to already do this. Yeah, and, you know, maybe that's part of my problem too. I think I've said for a couple weeks that, you know, Bedard's coming to Vancouver. I've just been putting it out there. I've been putting that positive energy out into the universe. Because, you know, again, the Canucks are the most cursed franchise in NHL history. There's no debate about that. Hit me up in the comments if you have a debate. I would love to hear it. Um, but again, and, and you and I have run the draft lottery simulator a couple of times on this show. And I think probably two out of the eight times we've run it, the Canucks have moved up from seventh to second or eighth to second. So, you know what? Even if it's Fantilli, I mean, Fantilli would be a fantastic addition to this roster. But again, Kyle, it's not going to happen if the Canucks keep winning these games here um so yeah i don't know man it's just like when the team has been out of the playoff chase since december you know they've just sucked so hard and it's just like we're just going through groundhog day all over again it's the same as last season a new coach comes in crooks start winning some games and next thing you know we are uh back to the being in the mushy middle and it's just it's just perpetual mediocrity man and yeah I, i'm like you next season matters and i hope this team's moving in the right direction but it ain't it ain't gonna be easy but what helped that is at least getting a lottery shot at Bedard and Fantilli. You know what I'm saying? Your best chance to win next season is just that, you know, getting a top-end talent that could possibly enter your line lineup right away that's making less than a million dollars under the cap. Of course, of course, it, it would just make things a lot easier. You know, another thing that would make it a lot easier if Aronic turned out to be way better than we thought he was. I mean, isn't he just that guy? Like he's probably the, probably the most important piece to this puzzle working next season. I, I think we know what we're getting from Patterson. And that's especially if he doesn't sign an, ex- an extension going into next season. I think, 
I think we have to believe that Demko isn't going to be as bad as he was early on, like yeah. never again in his career. That was probably rock bottom for him. I'd be curious to see him analyze his season, where things went wrong. I'd be curious to see if he also just blamed injury on that. I feel as if he'll be more accountable and we'll, we'll hear something because he's been kind of quiet after being super, super loud, super, super loud in the offseason. Real talk. We know, yeah. we know what we're getting from Hughes, too. We're going to see a step in, a step up in leadership and accountability. And these guys, I, I guess I got nothing other than hope. Hey, speaking of hope, hey, you know what? Maybe we go one and two and we still have a 3% chance at this. Let's run the lottery. Let's run the lottery, right? We got to do hey, it. There we go. There we go. Because I am putting a lot of hope into, okay, don't worry, we'll be fine next season, but I still got to leave some, right, for the lottery. Because you never know. Right now we have a what? Uh, a 3.5% chance. Let's see if we go one and two and we still have that well, 3.5% yeah. chance. You want to you wanna, you say something before we click it? Well, here's the other thing. Let's run it now before okay. the Canucks fall out of the lottery, man. Oh, Come on. Oh, man. Let's not do Holy. it. If this, the Canucks actually win this, okay, we didn't win. We didn't win. There you go. Chicago won. Montreal won up three spots. It is what it is. Like, you know what I'm saying, Begs? It's over. Like I feel like it's over. We got to just focus on somehow putting all of our spirit. If you watched Dragon Ball Z back in the day, we just got to hope collectively that next season works out. Next season is so, so, so important. I know every single beginning of uh, the season is so important. But uh, again, if it doesn't go well in October, November, it is going to be as bad as it was during, you know, 1999. Those dark days where it was hard to bring people to the building early on in the season. I know we're used to seeing it in January, February, but I think we're going to see it in November if this team doesn't get off to a good start. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm just still frustrated. I'm still rattled. Um, I, I, I know what you're saying. You know, the realist, the realistic person, realistic fan out there should just give up hope on Bedard and Fantilli and, you know, move ahead with the future. And, you know, I just maybe I had a bit of a stressful weekend and I'm a little under the weather. So, mm -hmm. yeah, anyways, man. And I'm, I like it, man. I, I like how you're... You're, you're saying there's always a chance. There's always a chance. You know, we need some optimism in there. We truly do. I like the ni nice setup change in the background, too. It's like, dude, I feel like you're you're back in 2010 and the Canucks are just doing things and games matter. And you have the jerseys hanging up on a close hanger right behind you. Just like, that's what I want in my life again. That feeling that that good feeling in April that, oh, there's something to do this week because the game is on. That's all I ask for. And I'm going to hope that a good start to next season makes the Canucks not just watchable, but again, meaningful in the NHL. Because right now yeah. they're not. I know we're going to get to it in our, in our next segment. The Canucks are not meaningful. They're meaningful, I'm sorry. They're not. They don't matter. They're, they're, they're almost the butt end of every single joke in the NHL. They play in Canada. They've been, they've been bad for so long. They don't change their ways. They keep doing the same things. They don't believe in any sort of philosophy other than staying in the middle and trying out for next season. We've screwed up so many times over the last decade. And again, this weekend we saw that we were at we were at the butt end of a funny joke. One of the funniest jokes I've ever heard from an NHL player in Bo Horvat. I know we'll get more to that in section number two of the show. Man, oh man, I'm tired of being the joke. And only wins can yeah. fix that. We know it. Only wins can fix that. We're gonna touch on that in our next segment. Uh, it's called Trevor's Nose presented by Kyle. I'll also give you a 10-second explainer of why my background's different. But first, we need to tell you that. You know, grand slams, no hitters, and double plays are back, and there's no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now, new customers can step up to the plate with the no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on, sign up, place your first bet, 
and get up to Kyle, not 100,000, but $1,000 uh, back in bonus bets if you don't win. You know, I, I want to ask you, Kyle, we don't talk. I think you and I are bigger NBA guys than MLB guys, and that's saying something. But do you have a team that you care for in the MLB, like you a Jays dude, guy, Mariners guy? I'm not going to lie to the people right now. I'm not going to lie to the people, no. But still use Fan- FanDuel, okay, to bet on baseball. <laughs> <laughs> well, whether you're betting on the Jays or the Mariners or some other team, if you combine your bets on FanDuel, you can get a chance at a bigger payout with same-game parlays. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat-first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash on to sign up. FanDuel, an official partner of Major League Baseball. Wow, FanDuel, the MLB is back, and NHL hockey is back. And yeah, you know the deal. It's not back for you. <laughs> it's not back for no. you. And it's becoming a normal thing. And I, I, I made a video. I made a video on TikTok a couple days ago about how the Canucks again are one of the biggest jokes in the NHL. I think I called them the biggest joke because accountability matters. Okay. When it comes to, you know, the amount of care that's in the city and proximity and whatnot, the NHL really matters here. And if you're not meeting expectations for this long and you continue to be again at the end of a lot of these jokes, chances are you're the biggest joke of them all in the NHL. And, you know, they've been bad for a while. Maybe more people are patient, but when I made this video, calling them the biggest joke, and then I ran the Horvat clip, you know, we've all heard it. We've all heard it. Horvat saying that it's much better over there. I'll tell you that much for free. It's crazy. Crazy. A- anyways, I ran the clip. I-, I said what I had to say, and somebody was like, yo, you're not giving the Canucks a lot of credit. You know, they were, it was hard for them to be successful even back then when Chicago was in their prime and all this stuff. Just giving them... S- just being way too soft. And somebody else brought up the Leafs. Like the Leafs haven't been, haven't won a playoff round this long. And, you know, they're the biggest joke in the NHL. Dude, look at yourself in the mirror, okay? For real. For real. I don't have no problem saying that we are the biggest joke in the NHL because we need to be better. The city deserves it. City of Vancouver deserves it. And this has been going on for far too long. Again, Horvat interviewed after a game during a chase for that playoff spot in the East. And he mentions that, you know, the race and the fans and the support coming in from the fans is a lot better than how it was in Vancouver. And he literally said that. I'll run the clip even in this episode to just give people proper context. How does this rank for you in playoff pushes, the excitement of this building and the fans' involvement over the last couple of games? Yeah, I mean, it's been unbelievable. It's a lot better than Vancouver. I'll tell you that for free. (laughs) And the way he ended it. He said it's better. It's way better than Vancouver. I'll tell you that much for free. I'll tell you that much for free. Who says that? What type of chirp is that? That was that was something else. What, what if you paid $10,000 for a Horvat feature so he could really tell us the truth about how he feels about the city? What else would you get? He gave us a lot for free, but what else would you get? Yeah, that's that's a great point. I mean, uh, to be honest, man, I, I, I love the chirp. I love the chirp. And... Uh, I just think there needs to be some more hate, some more animosity in hockey sometimes. You know, there's just, I don't know. It's just sometimes the game feels a little soft. I mean, the skills at an all-time high. The goals are up there. But you need the storylines, too, to, to grab people in. And a former captain dissing his team in front of an arena full of the opposing team's fans. Uh, I, I loved it, man. At the same time, to your point about this, the Canucks being the butt end of the joke, this is the third time in 2023 that they've been the butt end of the joke. First, it was the Bruce Boudreaux saga. Then it was the Philip Hronick trade. Our first day on the job here locked on the Canucks when everyone around the league is like, what the F are the Canucks doing? And now there's this, your former captain basically called out the organization. 
I am sick and tired of the Canucks being called out. I'm sick and tired of them being the butt of the jokes. That being said, I do like a little animosity and a little uh, little conflict in the game of hockey as well. Uh, I like it. I, I like the smirk that Horvat had too. I like how today it came out that he didn't know it was going to be such a big deal and he didn't mean it towards the fans. Like, dude, you knew what you knew what you were doing. You knew what you were doing, okay? Don't give me that BS, Horvat. You knew that this was going to work in the city and it was going to tug us the wrong way. And I'm not mad at it, but just just go rogue, man, for real. Go full heel. Yeah, oh, I, I wish he just like, yeah, I wish he dove into a Kessler style, you know, instead of backpedaling, it's like, oh, I didn't mean any of that. Like, come on, come on. You didn't mean any of that? Get out of here, man. One thing I will say, because I know I know what he meant, and he was supposed to, he was allowed, I'm sorry, to feel the way he wanted to feel because it was just him being honest. I mean, he played his whole career here. He was a part of the reason why, again, the Canucks didn't make the playoffs too. You're part of the problem as well. And them not making the playoffs or being competitive in those years didn't allow him to see the true side of Vancouver Canucks fandom. Because winning matters, and winning ignites that. It's just the truth. It's the city of Vancouver. We got mountains everywhere, bro. We got nice things around us. We live in one of the most beautiful places in the world. If you want to matter, and if you want to matter a lot to, to the point where we get really loud, you know what I'm saying? You got to win games. <laughs> you got to win games. We've already piled up too many moral victories and too many, too many uh, false hopes or fa- false narratives or Miss promises. We've already got enough of those. It matters now. Maybe we were quiet or not enthusiastic in a lot of those games in the building. You didn't get to experience it because, again, you weren't winning. I did take a little bit of an offense that he was so quick to do it because, again, the fan base – I was talking to you about this on the, uh, on the phone. The fan base never really ever turned on him. Not really collectively, bro. Maybe like 10%, 15%. But he, <laughs> always, army. Got, he always got a pass, and there he was in his – 30 seconds of glory post game. He probably had what? Like, I, I don't know what his stats were in that game. Maybe he had like, and how many points does this guy have in 30 games as an Islander? Yeah, he, he's like around like a little over a half point per game player. Like, he's back to actually a bit below his career average. <laughs> Something else, man. And he's talking that much. It's, I, I think what will happen, and maybe you don't think the same. I think that because he did this, and I hope that this matters because I hope that next season does matter to the point where we're winning games and the city gets a little cocky, a little swagger. They're, they're speaking too much. You know, winning is new to us, and now these games matter. I hope that it lands at a time where, again, Canucks are on fire. You know, winners are their last eight out of the last ten games. They're they're comfortably in second in the Pacific Division, and the Islanders come to town, and we boo Horvat because, again, we got that swagger. We're not soft. We're hard. What you say, Horvat? We'll tell you this much for free. Actually, not for free. We paid $100 for these tickets. We're going to let it rain. <laughs> uh, just the, yeah, the fans will not be doing that for free, unfortunately. But uh, I, I mean, it's it feels weird to say I want the fans to boo Horvat, but I do I want do. that I kind do. of animosity in the arena. I kind of want it. I kind yeah. of want it, you know? Dude, he gets and, it, bro. Uh, What's that? He get, No, he deserves it. He gets it. You know, he should. if he was a smart man, he should have just taken a shot. Like, he should have said the Vancouver Canucks or something. Like, the way he said it, Vancouver. When you don't add the Canucks to it, I'm sorry. I'm a little jaded. It's too personal. It's new. Per- it's, not, it's like away from the organization. You're just really looking at the people. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, Benji, I'm gonna throw you. Do, do you want to add anything to this to this story? Because I got a random question for you, and I don't know if I'm just being super negative here. Let me know in the comments super. below if I'm being super negative, and I need to drink some tea or go for a walk, which I really do need to go for. How come more people are not talking about the Heronic trade? How he was really hurt, right? He must have been really hurt. And for whatever reason, they 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 put him out there for a couple of games, and they're like, you know what? We'll just shut you down. If that's like your big time asset, 
that you made this huge move, move for, and you're pretty much banking on him being that guy next season, why even take that chance? Because clearly he wasn't 100%. And the fact that they did that, then took him out of the lineup so quick was like, dude, what type of organization does that? Like, after the yeah. kind of person thing to do, like, what, like, why do you think that's okay? Yeah, I mean, you know, you want to talk about uh, things happening in threes, and we kind of said that before the Canuck being the butt end of the joke in 2023. But I think there's three pretty questionable decisions that have, or three things that have been questioned in terms of the medical staff this season in Vancouver. Obviously, the Tanner Pearson saga with the hand injury, uh, Ilya Mikhaev basically playing uh, over half the season on one knee, and then the heroic issue. I do think the Hronik situation is closer to the Makayev one. Like people mm-hmm. were going like, what the hell is this guy doing? Like playing on a partially torn, uh, mm-hmm. I can't remember if it was ACL or MCL. So excuse me on that one. But when he heard Makayev talk after the fact and through his agent, they're basically like, no, this wasn't the team. This was on Makayev. He wanted to push while the team was in it. And then, you know, yeah, he knew he had I a recovery. That, so I, I, I do think the Hronik thing leads close to that situation. Okay, cool. Fair enough. Fair enough. You know, again, these guys are competitors and, Maybe Hironic just wants the ball out in front of the people, you know? Like he felt like the city deserved a little bit. But to be honest, the games didn't matter that much, you know? Or they don't didn't matter at all. Whereas in McKay's case, it was it's like, yeah, maybe it's not the smart thing to do that. Well, it really isn't, but at the end of the day, you are in a race, you know, it's early in the season, there's more room to make up ground and McKay's a competitor. You kind of have to like meet in the middle. It's like one of those weird fine lines, but I'm not I'm not gonna get too mad at the Canucks for that. Just Mikheyev's decision. Could they have gotten in the way? Yeah, but they did end up kind of getting in the way. They probably probably was like, yo, you know what? It's over. You're not playing anymore. It's all good. We suck. It's over. A lot of times, a lot of things, man. A lot of things, a lot of negativity. Maybe some more pessimism slash negativity towards our insight on the Canucks in Comment Corner up next. Do we have another ad break here? Uh, yeah, no ad read, just a local ad oh. break. I will say, uh, so I, uh, apologies. We didn't get to Trevor's notes. Maybe we'll get it on to it on tomorrow's episode of locked on Canucks, mm-hmm. but the Horvat thing was the, was the main thing we needed to touch on there. Yeah. I didn't even look at the itinerary. Hey, it was just, it's all flowing. It's all flowing on this Monday. Hey man, it's a holiday and we're here, man. Locked on Canucks, your team every day, Kyle Ballon, Trevor begs. Let's get the comment corner. Okay. The best part of the show. Cause the people matter like us or not. Hate us or not, it's always go Canucks. Go. Here is who. Okay, two first-rounders could always turn into Vertanen or Podkolzin. No thanks. I'd rather have the sure thing. This is from J.W. Bird, and it's in regard to our last episode where we talked about the rumors that Pittsburgh offered two first-round picks and a contract for J.T. Miller. There's a case There's a case there to be made. You know, real talk, you know, first-round first, first round picks don't turn out to, to – to be good. And I'm telling you, I think JW Bird is on the same boat as me, man. Next season matters, bro. You're already bought in. After the Heronic trade, after signing JT Miller, it's I think it's a waste of time to think. Uh how do I say it? It's a waste of time for you to think about the smart things this team should do. You should just take all your energy and put it towards hoping that next season works out. Because that's their mindset, and they're gonna do more of those questionable moves this offseason. You could you can you can you can think about the what ifs all they all you want, but this team's gonna do what they want to do, and that's make sure next season matters. Yeah, I don't know, man. I think I'm I think I'm too cynical. I've been writing about this team, watching this team for too long to just be like, oh yeah, but if I just hope hard enough, it's all gonna work out. Come on, Dude. man. It's been a decade of me- mediocrity here. And you know, I, I just want to see good hockey again. And, and I know what good hockey looks like. I know what good organizations do to win. Look, look behind me. I got Henrik Sedin, you know, arguably the greatest captain in the Canucks history, his jersey. 
hang it behind me. I want that era of Canucks hockey back. And yeah. this this shortcut avenue of uh, trying to get things done doesn't usually work out. I mean, I certainly hope it does, going back to hope. I hope next season matters. I hope it works out. But I'm skeptical, man. Wow. And in terms of the two first-rounder argument, I do hate that too. Like, they could turn it to Pod Colson, who, again, Pod Colson still, could still be a good player, or Vertan. Mm. They could also turn it into Pews and Pedersen. So, I mean, it's it's, <laughs> no, that's it's hard true. to, hard and, to say uh, it could turn it to Vertan without mentioning Pedersen. So. And I'm sorry that I just brushed off the whole Pod Colson notion too, because I still believe in him. And it's not easy doing what he's done. I know he's a pro athlete, top 10 pick, but dysfunctional organization and three head coaches. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people wouldn't yeah. be able to handle three boss changes in, sh- in short order when you're new to a country and a league. Let's give him next season. And then, you know, next season really matters, though. He's got to be – I feel like all the accountability has to, ha- like, weigh on the players next season. That's how it's really going to pan out when these players actually pull their weight and go above and beyond. That's what it's going to take for next season to matter. Again, everyone's going to have to do their thing but also outplay their potential mm-hmm. – and speaking of which, if that happens with Heronic, dude, are we going to even be able to sign him? Who knows? We'll find out. We'll find out. Second question, again, what does – well, second comment, I'm sorry. What does two first-rounders do for us if we need people to build around Pedersen? I'm down for Miller. Screw the haters. Don't be talking to me, okay? Trevor Beggs, I don't know what this guy has for a dude's name, JT. All right, don't even let this guy tell you the story about, you know, when he was six years old and he – Let's not even finish that story about him and another JT, okay? Uh, I'll say that. this. Again, it's not necessarily about just having two first-round picks and drafting and building for the future. You can use those other first-round picks to acquire another center, acquire other assets. Like, it's not just – trades aren't just done in a vacuum, as we saw with Alvin and the whole Horvat-Hronik situation as well. So, again, that was a situation where we acquired a first-rounder and traded to get a right-shot defenseman. Trades don't always happen in a vacuum. Now – I'm still on the fence about trading Miller, but I think if you can get two first rounders for him, you try to get someone younger who fits with the core. But because again, the Canucks, like you said, have pushed all their chips into the middle. There's no point just acquiring assets and then, oh no, but we're actually going to do some rebuilding as well. Like, you know, you you do need to acquire draft picks and acquire prospects, but you know, the Canucks have shown their cards and they can't just start going backwards now. Like they got to try to try to go all in. Uh, Unless Pedersen decides to resign, like it is, it is next season matters. It is all in time for this team. All in time. I guess that's the the thing, right? That's the philosophy. Next season matters, and also you better sign Patterson this offseason. The last comment. Good work on pumping these out. Yeah, we're good at pumping things out, man. Have you guys seen any good movies lately? Mm, I mean, this season's been a movie. Straight up, man. I'm trying to I'm trying to think about this season and how you know like how like seasons have like peaks and valleys and ups and downs. No, this was just straight down. It was straight down. I don't care what the hell they did at the end of the season. Like, you know, this the fundamentals and the blah, blah. Dude, the season started all, like, it started neutral. It was just nasty, bro. Nasty. All those two goal-blown leads. Like, this has been a, not. it's not even a roller coaster, bro. It's been pretty stagnant at the bottom. And little bumps and little ups and downs, individual performances. But, yeah, this season's been a weird, weird movie. On, on the real note, though, not... Not a lot of movie watching happening with me. I've been more on the the documentaries and WWE documentaries. I've been doing that over the last couple of days. A really good one on Mankind. And Mankind. Oh, that's, I haven't heard about him in a long time. Dude, Shoot. yeah, he's a warrior, man. That guy could definitely be a hockey player in the, the 70s, 80s, and 90s. He was just a a trooper, man, a trooper. Yo, Trevor, do you, did you ever listen to Justin Timberlake? 
<laughs> Funny probably, not, that. Right? probably not, dude. This guy definitely hated Justin Timberlake way back in the day, too, right? No, oh, I, I hate I hated him with the passion of my youth. There you go. Uh, there but you I've go. grown I've grown I've grown to like him a bit more as a as a grown man. I do like some I do I like to dance, man. I like to dance, so it's all good. Uh Marky Mark, thanks for the comment, buddy. Hope you had a great Easter weekend. Uh, in terms of your question. Yeah, I've been watching a ton of movies lately. Just, oh man, I've been doing too much studying, man. My my freaking brain hurts. Uh, probably the last movie I watched that uh, I remember was The Ritual on Netflix. And, and you know those horror movies. Sometimes when I'm feeling sleepy, they keep me awake. And this one was about four guys kind of hiking in the woods, and all this crazy witchcraft stuff happens. Nice. Uh, it wasn't a bad movie, man. It's uh, it made me scared to hike, and I do love to hike, so that was unfortunate. Uh, I I will say I I do. What are your thoughts on Nicolas Cage, Kyle? <laughs> we'll oh, ask legend. you that before we get out of here. Legend. You know why I think he's a legend? Because he just does his own thing. He's been he's been in a lot of films too. It's not I know he's kind of awkward and he's polarizing, but the fact that the industry, I know they have their relationships and the same things happen continuously because of, you know, weird stuff and not kind of looking elsewhere. But at the same time, this guy's kept himself in the rotation for a very long time, being a true individual playing multiple roles and to that i gotta say not a lot of people as talented as nicholas cage no man it's i i love bucking my wife about this because she hates nicholas cage and i just tell her the truth that he's the greatest actor of all time um uh, i oh. haven't been to the theaters kyle like since pre-covid i can't i don't know i can't even do you know the last time you went to what? a theater was it recently okay so clearly you don't appreciate your woman for real man come on man I got yeah, a kid, man. Come on. When you you, you, you got to get babysitting now. It's a lot more complicated when you got a kid in the house, man. Dude, Jesus. You, you, do, you do everything for your lady, man. Come on, man. You know the deal, bro. You got to get hire the babysitter or take your daughter to the movies. Let's be honest. Father of the year, not. Father yeah, of the year, not. It's funny that it's funny that you're saying that I'm a bad husband for not taking my wife to the movie because I was what I wanted to say is that I think the next movie I'm going to see in the theaters is Renfield which is like the horror comedy with Nicolas Cage as Dracula or whatever. That looks hilarious, man. I probably won't. I will definitely not be going with my wife. I'll be going with my buddy Jack on that one. But uh, yeah, so I might break my uh, my non-movie theater streak with Renfield by Nicolas Cage. And with your bro instead of your lovely wife. I'm going to tell one more story. Now we're running out of time here. Uh, you, you brought the whole, whole horror thing, and I got to tell the people about my loyalty and my level of, uh, like, I don't know, my courage, okay, courage. So I'm loyal, and I'm, I'm a very courageous person. And the proof is in the pudding. And I want to let the people know on Lockdown Canucks and the listeners that I'll be reliable for you, okay? So my homie, he owns a, a business where they rent out props to haunted houses, right? And he called me today, and he said, bro, I think, I think somebody might have broken into my warehouse because he's in, he's in Italy right now, and he's getting a note on his phone that somebody's you know in his warehouse. Can you go check up on it? And, and to me, I'm like, dude, call the cops. So why are you calling me? But at the same time, I understand why he's calling me because he knows I'm a real brother and I'll do anything for my brothers. So I pulled up with my dog. Okay. <laughs> I put my dog off the leash. I, you know, let him lead the charge. You know, if he goes down, I'll, <laughs> at least he can get out of there. You know what I'm saying? So he went in there first. The, the back door is open. He's in Italy. How did the back door open? I'm in a, again, a shop that sells material for haunted houses. It's dark in there. I'm seeing masks everywhere, like super scary stuff everywhere. And I'm just creeping through the hallways with my flashlight turning things on, on the phone with the homie, telling him that, yo, everything's in one place, but I don't know why the, the back door's unlocked, but don't worry. We, I, I checked it out. We all good. I'll lock it up. Come on. Come on. Isn't that... Aren't my cojones huge for that? Okay, I gotta add this part too, because I, I think it matters. I think it matters. It's, it's weird, but again, I was feeling courageous. As soon as I left the building, I heard the door open at the other end, 
of the building. I heard the little alarm, and immediately I got super confused. But for whatever reason, here I was not caring about my life, and I turned back, I turned back around and entered the building, and I see some big dude wearing a kilt walking towards me, and I'm like, are, are you, are you the homie's friend? Because I did, I did get a notification that my friend did tell his other friend to check up on the building too. And again, he's wearing a kilt and he's walking towards me, and he says nope, and it gets really awkward, and I just get out of there. I get out of there, and I text the homie and said, "Yo, is your friend Scottish?" And he said no. And I said, "Would he be rocking a kilt?" And he said yes. So, I don't know. I don't know. Who knows who that guy is? Bro, aren't I a true bro? Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm proud of you, and, and I know it helped to have Loki there. Shout out Loki, one of the best dogs of all time. Yeah. I have that <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I, I can imagine you like just peeing your pants, man. Oh, I mean, dude, uh, I, 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 I I saw what happened when you saw a mouse, so I know how you can get scared very easily. So yeah, dude. Uh, I, I'm dude. glad you survived that, and, and to you listening out there, I'm glad that you tuned in to this episode of Locked On Canucks, your team every day. Now make your second listen game to game, Locked On NHL. Every moment, every performance, every result. Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across Locked On NHL with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NHL, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. I'm Trevor Beggs, he's Kyle Bowen, and we appreciate the heck out of you for tuning into this episode of Locked On Canucks. Be loyal. Be courageous. Your Locked On Canucks, your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.